When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Heard Tell. Ah, welcome back to Herd Tell. We love talking to our friend Luis Mendez. He is at the Mendez Movie Report. He does great stuff. Y'all like him. I've seen the numbers. You move numbers, my friend. People love talking about movies. It's a good break from the culture and politics. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Uh, I got to tell you, you would think the midterms uh, weren't over with how many FYC stuff the students are sending to my email and my inbox. It's nuts. I got a screener almost every night to go to. Yeah, you're down in Florida, too. So, you know, I I think you better just buckle in, buddy. It's going to be a crossing of the streams down here for some time to come with uh, the potential of your governor maybe looking to move up and rank a little bit. I want to touch on something that we talked about the last time I had you on, and I got to thinking about it, and you mentioned a specific movie about it, and then I watched that movie, and then I really got to thinking about it. But you mentioned it. Romantic comedies. This used to be a staple of big box office releases from let's 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 narrow this down a little bit. Let's go late 80s. The kind of, you know, Harry Met Sally, Pretty Woman, that kind of era up through the modern era. That was a staple of and now we're going through a cycle of, oh, well, the rom-com's dead, but it's not really dead. It's just morphed to streaming. I find the romantic comedy, what's going on with it in movies right now, really fascinating and kind of indicative of what's going on with theaters versus streaming and all that, too. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the romantic comedy has kind of become something that a lot of folks seem to be more interested in 
watching at home. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily seen as much of an event as it may have been in the past. Uh, I mean, I remember back growing up in the 90s, I mean, they, they have romantic comedies with some huge, huge stars. And it was a big deal when those movies were coming out. So this thing would even be part of the summer uh, lineup. Uh, but these days, it, it's become very much something that is on streaming. I mean, even with a movie like Marry Me, the Jennifer Lopez, uh, Owen Wilson movie that came out much earlier this year, they went ahead and had it available on streaming as well. Um, at the same time, Universal went ahead and did that. The only uh, romantic comedy that I feel has been able to overcome that, there have been two. There's The Lost City, though you can argue that's more of an adventure film. And then there's Ticket to Paradise, which uh, last time I was on your show, I said that I was uh, worried about that movie's box office, but it's actually done much better than I, uh, I and a lot of other people thought it would do. And I think it's because it's probably sort of the last gasp of two really big movie stars being able to sell a movie uh, in a day and age where movie star name doesn't necessarily sell movies like they used to. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Ticket to Paradise. That's exactly the movie I was thinking of. I actually watched it. I watched it on streaming at home. Um, let's be honest. At this stage of their career, um, Julia Roberts and George Clooney, they played Julia Roberts and George Clooney in every movie <laughs> they're in. That's, that's the static. Uh, look, that's an earned privilege. So, you know, it is what it is, but that's an earned privilege. But that's what they play. I thought it was a good movie. Look, it wasn't earth shattering. It was it was formulatic, but it was it was well made. There wasn't anything offensive in it. You didn't feel like got movies have gotten so bad on some like if i just don't feel like i wasted my time that's almost a win now watching a full movie right it was good i enjoyed it family enjoyed it it was a good movie um the younger stars really held their own on it you know i thought it was a right down the middle you know solid double romantic comedy but the way you phrased it it's really interesting let me pitch it to you this way we we have the long running joke and meme of netflix and chill Comedy comes from a place, you know, when something catches on like that, it comes from a place of truth. There's something to Netflix and chill. That's a culture shift. And I think something like the romantic comedy, it's just so tailor-made for streaming. It really is. So it's not that it's dead. It just found a lot better market. And when you talk about everything being niche marketing now, hey, cuddle up on the couch with your significant other for romantic comedy. Like that just that i think it just kind of more went home than anything else is that a fair way to put it well that's extremely fair i mean if if anybody sits down and looks at the slate of netflix just netflix and, and there's a lot of other streaming services that have their own romantic comedies but if you get on netflix and you look at almost every single week there's a new romance coming out most of them romantic comedies uh we're in christmas movie season now and uh netflix is coming out with uh romantic comedy Christmas movies. They just came out with one uh, with Lindsay Lohan. Um, so I think that's extremely fair. I think that's exactly where the market went for the uh, romantic comedy. Uh, you know, uh, movies like Ticket to Paradise are able to do so well at the box office as romantic comedies. Um, I think it's become much more of a rarity I think if you do see romantic comedies make real big money at the box office next time, they're probably going to be have to, for the lack of a better word, there's going to have to be a little bit of a gimmick to them to get people to really show up at the box office and feel like they have to come to the theater to see this. Because otherwise, they're just going to, they're so uh, 
they're so uh, you know they're they're just used to seeing it at home. Yeah, and let's talk about the business part of this for a second. Luis Mendez joining us. He's our movie expert, certified critic now. He's he's legit. Something really interesting happened a couple of years ago. And again, this is something that's joked about on social media, but there's a real business and culture shift underneath it. One thing with romantic comedies is, and we joke about it, Hallmark has absolutely printed money making very inexpensive to make, very formulaic. And then they figured out like, oh, we can do holiday themes. We can make 30 Christmas movies every Christmas. And then we can make a Thanksgiving one. Then we can make, I don't know if they do an Easter one or whatever, but you just make these holiday movies that are just built for rom-coms. You can go back into Christmas for Connecticut. How many times have they remade that over the years? You know, that, that, that works. It works every time you try it. They've just figured out a new way to do it. You wouldn't think of Netflix and Amazon as chasing Hallmark Channel, but that's exactly what happened because now all of a sudden Netflix is pumping out all these rom-coms and Christmas. Stand they looked at that and went, ah, that money train ain't gone too far. We can't jump on it yet. That's a very interesting development because you don't think of Hallmark leading the train on that, but they really did in a way. Oh, yeah. I, I, I actually follow a movie critic that has like a, their own podcast where they follow all the Hallmark movies. Uh, so it's always interesting to see the what kind of movies they're reviewing because, you know, I don't get to keep up with Hallmark. I got too many movies to watch as is, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, and it's funny because I remember for a while there, I actually referred to it in my reviews as, oh, Netflix is doing sort of these, uh, this feels sort of like a Hallmark movie. And it got to the point that I was like, well, Netflix is coming out with these so much that they've kind of become their own thing. They're, you know, Netflix romance, Netflix Christmas movies. And they've even made kind of franchises off of it. When you see some of these Christmas uh, movies that have like two, three uh, sequels. Uh, so, I mean, and I think the money is there because it's just easier to get to the market at home. It's like, okay, you we're not asking you to go to the inconvenience of going to the theater and it's like, just stay at home watch this uh, feel-good stuff, and you know what? Uh, in some uh, aspects, you can even binge these movies. Uh, so I think it's just about nailing the marketplace, and I, I do think that Hallmark uh, probably got ahead on all these guys about this, and the streaming services just realized that, well, uh, this is a real opportunity for us. I, one of the reasons I always enjoy talking movies with you is because you understand the business side of it. Talk to that, though, because we see, man, we've seen a couple of them this year. Big budget movies that fail. You're talking about people getting fired. You're talking about studio. There's been like one bad movie can shut down a whole studio like that, especially now where the environment is so good. The reason those movies make money, even though they're not the big box office gaudy numbers is. They know exactly how much it's going to cost to produce them. They know exactly how much it's going the time frame to put them out. Talk about the business end of that of going oh, like, oh, this has a six-week shoot schedule or whatever it is. It's going to have a 90-day production run, and then we're going to put it out. It's going to make X money because it costs us X money. Like this, They've got this down to a science. And any business, when you can replicate success like that, that's how you make money. That's the business side of this people don't talk about. Well, it is funny because if you think about it, cheaper movies are kind of, in, as long as you, it's the uh, genres that people are, are eating up, like uh, romantic comedies or uh, Christmas movies, or even something dramatically different like the horror films that come out. If you have a cheap budget, if you can get the movie done quickly, 
and it doesn't really take all that much to get the profit off of it. If if you look at what small movies are struggling to get profits, those tend to be like more art draw art house dramas. Um, and, and that's understandable because dramas can be a bit of a hard sell. Um, especially in this day and age when a lot of folks have gotten more uh, comfortable with uh, picking and choosing their adult dramas. But uh, if you could get that that sort of magic recipe where you know how much it's going to cost, you know you can shoot it quickly, and you don't really get got to get like Avengers numbers to get people, you know, people to show up to make profit off of it. I mean, it's understandable why they would make these. I mean, and again, you see it not just with the Christmas movies, but with horror movies, because horror movies are not uh, expensive to make, and they easily got a crowd from all the teenagers that come see them. That's automatic right there. So that they can easily make a profit off of those movies. Uh, so it's understandable. That being said, the studios are still very, very reliant these days on those huge blockbusters, because... I mean, when you look at the budgets for some of these movies, I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. That's before accounting hundreds of millions of dollars towards marketing, shooting for billion dollar box office. Uh, so it is kind of interesting how in one sense they can make such easy uh, profit with the small movies, but they really do got to keep the studio running with these huge, massive uh, blockbusters. Yeah, it's funny because almost every year when you look at the the most gross or box office receipt list, every year there seems like there's a horror movie that surprises everybody. Almost every year there's one horror movie that all of a sudden made a bunch of money. The new Super Beats Hard Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Um, your latest review since you're talking horror that you did, Mendez Movie Report. It's on Substack. Make sure you subscribe. He does great work. Also writes at ordinary-times.com for us. You reviewed Bones and All. This has been a little bit of a divisive film. It sure seems like people either think it's brilliant or terrible, one or the other. And terrible might be the wrong word, but it's very jarring. Uh, let me put it that way. Again, this is a plot-heavy movie, so you don't want to give it away too much. But this has got a lot of people talking. And here you go again. Another horror movie. A little bit of creative to it. Stays in the genre. Seems like kind of the perfect formula for those sleeper hits you're talking about. Go ahead and give people the rundown on Bones and All. Yeah, so Bones and All is a brand new movie from the same director who actually did uh, Call Me By Your Name, which was a big uh, Best Picture contender a couple years back. Uh, it's interesting. It's it's based on a novel. It's basically a cannibal love story. So it's, it's a mixing of horror and romance. Um, it's... It's a movie that I would tell folks that if you have a weak stomach, you want to stay away from this movie. Uh, I'm very happy that my wife did not come with me to my screening because she is does not like gore. And this movie has plenty of gore. And yet it also somehow has these quiet character moments at the same time. Uh, I personally thought the movie was okay. I didn't love it as much as other folks. I, I know some movie critics who are saying it might be their favorite movie of the year. Um, it, for me, though, it, it's a movie that I got a little too grim for me at times. But uh, it is. I, I do wonder if it could be a, a big hit. I, I believe it should hit wide during Thanksgiving week. Uh, but it is definitely a, mi a marriage, uh, no pun intended, between horror and romance. But it is a very gory movie. If anybody out there is interested in checking it out, just to let you know, this is a cannibal love story. And they do not hold back on the fact that these are cannibals. What a fun concept. And not the political ones that we've been dealing with for the last two weeks since the midterms either. Luis Mendez, our good movie buddy, joining us. As we're recording this, uh, we got to mention it since we're talking movies. Martin Scorsese's 80th birthday is today as we record this. This will be out the next day, obviously. Um, whatever you think of all his movies, whatever pantheon of directors, he's up there somewhere on everybody's list. That's a serious list. Give me a thumbnail on Scorsese at 80. He's obviously not done. He's still working. I think he's got three projects going right now. What's his legacy? Because, you know, you got the mobster movie stuff. I actually love the fact that just every eight, nine years, he does a documentary just for the hell of it. I always kind of admired that about his career going all the way back. What What do you take away from somebody like that that we still have working he kind of got caught up in the streaming versus, you know, since we're talking about the streaming versus theater thing, and then he kind of gave into it because somebody wrote him a check that was nice enough that he's like, okay, I can get over my scruples on this. But Martin Scorsese, just some thoughts on the great man's birthday. Yeah, okay. So Scorsese is, without a shadow of doubt, extremely important in modern uh, cinema, especially for, for film buffs like me who want to check out the very old 1910s uh silent films because he has been very very important in making sure that those movies are restored found protected i i, I don't know how many people out there are understand how much work he's put into that kind of restoration and the reason that i can go back and visit these extremely early days of movies is thanks to scorsese and as a director he has an incredible legacy because he's had so many movies that have become 
it not just movies that are going to show up in the 1001 movies to watch before you die books and stuff like that but movies that are mainstream classic hits uh you know for personally my i would say probably my favorite of his old movies and this might be a little bit of a boring pick but it's good fellas uh, i really really adore that movie uh he's also done some family stuff he did hugo a couple years ago uh he really is important and he's still working i mean he's got a movie called killers of the flower moon that i know is going to be an oscar contender uh, we thought we were going to get it get this year but it looks like we're going to be getting it next year instead uh he is very pivotal now i do I, I i do limit my praise for the man there are a lot of people in the film world who absolutely praise him and see him as a god Guillermo del toro uh, a couple weeks ago made a comment that he would give up years of his life to give more years to Scorsese and stuff like that. He is a saint to a lot of folks. But I do have some issues with him regarding some of his comments of late where it sort of feels like he's kind of fighting a lot of change, uh, particularly what I think is quite frankly kind of snobbish comments about some genre films of late. But you cannot overstate how important he's been the uh, cinema, not just through his work, not through the stuff he's just coming out, but also the fact that he is a big reason why we can go back and watch a lot of movies from the 1910s and 1920s that would have otherwise maybe been lost. Yeah, one of these days we should do a long-form pod on the various fires, like the 37 Fox fire and, uh, of course, the 2008 Universal fire, like how much stuff has been lost that we will never have again that people don't even realize we lost from things like fire and degradation and things yeah, like I, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of folks don't realize that the first ever movie to win Best Picture, Wings, we thought we lost it for a while. And then thankfully, I think it was in the 70s, a copy was found in a, a Paris museum, like in, in one of their archives. Uh, I mean, and, and th those kind of miraculous uh, discoveries are still happening to this day. So uh, if anybody out there if you if you got some old movies, uh, reels and stuff, uh, check your archives and stuff because you never know if it's a lost movie. The the lost movie that I personally would love for us to find is uh, London at Midnight, which is a uh, Lon Chaney film. Uh, we've got sort of a rundown of what happens in the movie, but we don't got the movie itself. That's like the golden. That's really like the golden goose that we need for the lost films yeah and i'm not the cinephile that you are but um my favorite early one metropolis which has a lot of iconic imagery that's been stolen they they don't even know how much of it we actually have that's how much of it's lost they think we might have like 30 or 40 percent of it they found a bunch of it about 10 years ago and restored some of it but there's large chunks of that movie we don't have it go go just watch the clips of it the visuals on that when you consider when it was made is just amazing well yeah people should watch that movie because it's, it's actually my second favorite uh from that year it is a, a really darn good movie and it's just a fritz lang is probably my favorite silence film director. Uh, he just absolutely amazing the stuff that he did back then. I would I would really wonder how he he probably would have gone crazy in this day and age with visual effects and the way that language just go big. He probably would have gone nuts if he were around today. Some of them people didn't need CGI. It would have been bad for everybody involved. Uh, Luis Mendez. All right, buddy. Real quick before we let you go. Uh, we're getting down to the end of the year. Usually, this is you know people unleash a couple of blockbusters right around Thanksgiving and Christmas. 
this year feels a little slower than maybe normal, but give people a couple things over the holidays. People like to take in movies with their families. Give folks a couple things to look for as we round out the year of our Lord 2022. Well, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is out there. It's been huge. Uh, if folks haven't checked it out, I thought it was a pretty decent movie. I didn't like really, really like it as much as the first movie, but it's got a very beautiful uh, tribute to Chadwick Boseman in there, which I, I, it's really impressive the way they were able to uh, uh, bounce back after taking that huge loss. Uh, we do have the Avatar sequel coming out. No, Avatar's a little bit divisive for some folks. There's a lot of debate around it. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on it because it may be as big of an awards player as the last movie, but it's honestly a very big mystery as to what that's going to do, how audiences are going to react to it. Uh, we also got the Fablements, which should be out by Thanksgiving time. I should hopefully be seeing it on Monday as of this recording. Uh, it is the newest Steven Spielberg movie. It may be the front runner to win Best Picture. And a movie that will be coming out should be wide by about Christmas week. And if you really liked Wolf of Wall Street, you may want to give this movie a try. Babylon, it is the next Damien Giselle movie. It is probably going to be a big contender at the Oscars. And it is a movie that is basically based on the 1920s and that transition from silent to talkies, uh, but with a this audacious sort of sex and drugs sort of dark comedic look to it. So if you were into Wolf of Wall Street, I think folks might want to check that out. I can't wait to check out the movie myself uh, because it, it sounds like a lot of stuff that's right up my alley. Hey, Downton Abbey's last movie already covered transitioning to talkies i guess we just needed to sex it up a little bit more i'm sorry i love downton abbey i apologize for nothing hey, 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 we got singing in the rain too singing in the rain classic that covers that time period also we we joke about it before but hollywood loves movies about hollywood yeah like it's just a fact so Lewis Mendel. Got plenty of them fablements empire like babylon we got yeah, plenty you, of if them. you want an oscar make a movie about making a movie or a musical about making a movie and you will win an oscar that's the trick to it uh lewis uh mendez our movie guy we're gonna have you on more and more because uh one is it's fun to talk about something other than politics two is you're really really good at it so let folks know where they can keep up with you your writings your other things going on my friend till we get you back on hertel again well just basically check out my substack mendes movie report.substack.com you do not have to pay anything like some of these other substacks they're 100 percent free uh and if you want to find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or if you got a letterbox, Bendis Movie RPT. Uh, that's where I'm available. If you want to check out any of my thoughts on any movies, that's basically where you can find me. Yeah, you do great work, sir. We'll talk Godzilla next time. I see you wearing your Godzilla <laughs> shirt, trying to bait me into talking about because there's been some big news in Godzilla it's world. Last few weeks. Next year, we are uh, we are going to get very, very uh, next year. We're going to be very spoiled as Godzilla fanboys. We're going to get yeah. two Godzilla movies next year. Yeah, that news just came out. So I knew you were going to bait me into trying to talk to <laughs> it. But no, that will not work. We will do it next time. Luis Mendez, you're the best, buddy. Thank you, sir. No problem. Thanks. Yes, sir.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.